Father God, we thank you so much for your goodness, your good and your mercy and your patience, your kindness, your grace, and you are great, and your might and your power. You are the king over all kings, Lord over all lords, and we are your surrendered people before you this morning. Say, we're yours, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. This uh, weekend has been amazing. God's been doing amazing work, and uh, I'm so thankful for my friend, Brother Hansi. He's going to come share this morning. It's amazing how God works. It's kind of interesting how the Lord does things sometimes. I used to train horses. There was two guys that I trained horses for and showed horse, horses for and and we were headed to the cutting horse futurity in fort worth and they said we're bringing a friend with us and uh this friend comes from africa and he's an evangelist a missionary and i said okay well i haven't seen those other two guys in years and years and years but hansi and i our friendship has remained strong and so thankful for hansi he's made an impact across this country for the name of jesus christ amen Amen. So, Brother Hansen, you come bring the word. God bless you, brother. Amen. So appreciate it. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you guys so much. Give your praise team a good clap. That was good today. <clears throat> Amen. Well, you've, most, some of you have been to the Freedom Conference. Yep. So, you, most of you are free. No more anger, no more bitterness, no more hatred, no more lying, no more hypocrisy, mm -hmm. no more rejection, no more abuse. I've just learned through all the years, when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. But... You and I got to do something because that thing will come back and he's going to try touch you and get back into you. But just remember it's from the outside. It's the flesh. It's not inside of you no more because in Jesus' name that thing's been told to go, right? You are loose. You are free from it. But it'll come back so you got to resist it now. Steadfast in faith. When that thing comes against you, you just stand back and you say, get behind me and shut your face, Satan. Give me a hand. Go. I will not accept you back because they'll come back seven times worth. You need to walk by faith. You are a child of God and you've got to believe that you are free in Jesus' name by faith. If you don't believe it, you're going to lose it again. That works with healing, salvation, with anything else. Yeah, but why does it keep on coming back? Because they're hindering spirits. They want to attack you again. They will come back to you. But your faith is stronger than what they, their attack is. Okay? A guy sent me a little picture of a t-shirt that said, Faith is like Wi-Fi. You cannot see it, but it's got the power to connect you to the person you want to contact. So if you want to get in contact with God, you better do it by faith. Although you cannot see nothing. And sometimes we don't know why God does stuff and God doesn't do stuff. But God never told us to understand what he does. He said, you just believe 
if you can believe, all things are possible for him who can believe. Listen, I've been through drugs, I've been through alcohol, I've been through smoking, I've been through adultery, fornication, you know me, when I was in the world. And when God set me free, you think those things never came back and try it again. Man, I had to fight that stuff like unreal. And now they never come back and they never even try me anymore because I'm not going to waste my time. Even when the thought comes to my mind, they already know it's gone. Amen. This is the second service, right? I get so mixed up with the services. Did, did you hear the joke about the little boy standing outside looking at the big plaque in the entrance hall and looking at it for a long time? So the pastor walks up and says, hey, Johnny, what are you doing? He says, no, I'm just looking at this plaque, pastor. pastor says, okay. The pastor stands next to him looking at all the plaque. So the boy said, what is this? He said, this is the board where all the names of the men and women are written on and there's a little flag next to them that died in the service. I says, okay. So they stand there for another five minutes and little Johnny's lip starts quivering. And he says, Pastor, I just want to know one thing. Which service was this? The eight, eight o'clock <laughs> or the ten o'clock service? Well, fortunately, we're not in any, in any service where we're going to die. We're going to be revived in Jesus' name. Amen. Just give the Lord a big clap this morning. Come on. Goodness. You and I are children of God. We walk by faith. We need our faith every single day to live by. That's why the Bible says you live by faith. You need faith to live by, and you need to put your faith in God. Have faith in God. Nobody else. Not in doctors, not in... The government, not in money, not in people, not in counselors. Yes, God uses people, but your faith is not in the doctor or in a counselor or in medicine. Your faith is in God that you will use those things, right? My faith is not in my truck. My faith is in God that you will use my truck <laughs> to get me where I want to get. Some of you don't. Okay. <laughs> um. Why do we need faith? We need faith to walk by faith, not by sight. We need faith to please God. We need faith to resist Satan steadfast by faith. We need faith to overcome the world when those worldly things attack you and that, and the, and that anger comes back and the rejection comes back and the emotional, spiritual abuse comes back. You've got to say, no, I resist you. The things in the world you've got to resist by faith. And you've got to have faith. We're going to do five different kinds of faith this morning, which you and I can use in different areas. And you've got to have faith for yourself, first of all. You've got to apply faith to your own life. You've got to believe for your healing. You've got to believe for your finances. You've got to believe for your job. You've got to believe for your salvation. Leave your wife alone and leave your children alone. They're on their own now. You, individually. In Mark, or in chapter 5, let's do the first kind of faith this, this morning. Kinds of faith that we can use. I call this the pressing in faith. You see, as an individual, you have to press into situations so that your faith can work. Why faith? I've just told you this now. Faith you cannot, faith is the substance of things you cannot see. But it is the power of God, listen, to connect you to God. Is faith powerful? Oh, yes, for sure. 
Why? Where does faith come from? From the Word of God. And the Word of God is the power of God unto salvation. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. The word, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul says. This is the power of God unto salvation. To save you, heal you, set you free, make you whole, complete. This is the power, and the word of God gives you faith. So your faith, which you cannot see, but you've got to release it through your mouth. Your mouth is the avenue through which the word comes that you have heard that tells you that you are healed. Now you've got to speak it. Tells you that you are saved. Now you've got to say it. Tells you that you can be delivered. Now you've got to speak it. Because what you speak, you hear. And what you hear goes into your spirit man. And the spirit man changes that power of God into words to come out of your mouth. And your words have got power. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. And most of us are saying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Watch out that your tongue doesn't become a weapon against yourself. That you speak yourself into sickness. Speak yourself into, I'm not good enough. I'll never make it. My mother told me I'm not going to make it. My dad, oh, doesn't matter what they said. You are a brand new creature in Christ Jesus if you are born again. And you accept that by faith. So this lady in Mark chapter 5 that we're going to read about was a, a woman with the issue of blood. Everybody knows the story, so I'm going to touch on it quickly. And she had a flow for 12 years, menstruated for 12 years. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better. Have you, have you ever been there in your life where you've gone through a situation financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, healing-wise, addiction, whatever, and... Man, it just seems like you cannot get out of this thing. Have you ever been there before? You just battle, battle, what? And it just doesn't get better. So she was sick, and it just grew worse. But she heard about Jesus. Now, we don't have to hear about Jesus. I think we've heard enough about Jesus. Some of us have got to start acting what he tells us to do. We're just hearing, hearing, and not doing what he says. And, but, but she heard about Jesus. You see, Jesus has got to be involved in your situation. And he will use people. And, and he came behind in the crowd, and he touched the hem of the garment of, of Jesus Christ. Now, as I said in the first service, the garment that Jesus wore had four tassels, braided tassels. On, on the four points of the um, garment. And they represented the Torah, the Word of God that time, the Torah, the Old Testament. And they, that's why they did that, and that's why they wore those clothes, because they, those clothes, they believed, um, re, uh, represented the power of God in those four tassels. And that's what she touched. She said, if I can touch that, you and I don't have to go and touch a tassel. We have the Word of God. You've got to get it in here. And then you've got to get it out again. Yeah. See, my truck cannot move if I don't put the power of the diesel in my truck. Then I've got to let that diesel come out so I can go forward. You need the word in you that can come out of your mouth. It tells you what you can do. And that's where your victory lies. That's why you have victory through Christ Jesus if you can believe. So, she... How did she, why did she get healed when she touched the garment? Because she had said to herself, to nobody else, she said to herself, if I can touch 
those clo- the clothes of him. Basically, the, um, the, the amplified and other um, American standard says, it, she said, if I can touch those tassels, I shall be made well. She did not say, well, I think and I hope, but now there's a crowd. What am I going to do? She said, I'm going to press through that crowd And sometimes you and I have to press through situations in our life to get what our needs are, the need that has got to be fulfilled. You want to be free. You want to be healed. You want to be saved. You want to be set free. You want a new job, your finances. You've got to press in. And that means you don't go by what you see. And you don't look at the blockages or the hindrances. You just keep on going. You don't give up. Come on, church. We give up so quickly. Well, maybe it's not God's will. And the devil is such a liar trying to get us always into doubting and worrying and stressing and fearing. Cut those things loose. Keep your faith pure like this woman did. And say to yourself, what was was her attitude? If I touch that garment, I'm going to be made whole. What is your attitude this morning when you came to this church? Did you come to this church this morning? Did you get up this morning? Well, let's just go to church again. <laughs> Your husband said, well, let them pray for you. Ah, man, Pastor Eric's prayed for me for 10 times and nothing's happened. I don't think God wants to heal me. Is that your attitude? Or do you have a pressing in faith attitude? I'm going to go again. And I'm going to get healed. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to stop asking God. I'm going to start thanking and praising God that I am healed, even, or I am set free. And I'm going to get a new job, and my finances are going to change, even though I don't see it yet. That woman, they had no proof that she was going to be healed. Do you know that? She just said it. And the Amplified Bible said, she kept on saying it, to herself, not to other people. Don't say it to other people. People are going to say, you're stupid, man, you got cancer. When I told people God spoke to me and told me he was going to heal me, I wish you could see some Christian's face. Well, I'm happy for you, brother. Come here, let me slap you. <laughs> you should be saying, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Come on. And she kept on saying, she pushed in and she got, and did she get a healing? Yeah, when she touched the hem of the garment, Jesus said, "You touched me," and the, and the disciples said, "Everybody's touching you." But that was a special touch. That was a touch of faith. And we don't have to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. We're just getting touching means coming in contact. We just got to come in contact with what the Word says about your finances, your addiction, your job, your marriage, whatever you, your, your need is. Come in touch with what the Scripture says and then start saying, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be set free. And then when, when, when Jesus said, who touched me? And she came and said, it's me, Lord. What did he say to her? In the mighty name of God, rise up and be healed. Did he say that? No. We're going to see all through that Jesus never prayed for anybody. He said, woman, go in peace. Shalom. Your faith has healed you. Come on, church. It's time for us to come to church 
with an attitude, I'm going to come here not just to get, 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 get from God. I want to come here, first of all, to praise God like we did this morning. Man, it was so good. And just raise our hands and worship God and praise Him. And then receive the Word of God. And then come out and let the Word of God, He sent His Word to heal you. That's why we preach the word, so you can hear it, so you can come out afterwards and say, start getting that attitude now, right there where you're sitting. When they make an altar call this down, I've got a need, I'm going to come out and just let the person that's going to pray with me agree with me. The two of us agree on earth concerning anything that we ask, it will be done. And then when you go down and you don't feel healed, don't say, well, I don't feel healed. You don't walk by feeling. You don't walk by sight. You walk by what the Word says. Faith. This Word is so powerful and your faith is so powerful. Let it work. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Use your faith for yourself in every area you're allowed to do that. That's what God wants. That's why He told everybody that He healed. Your faith has healed you. Right. The second way how you can use your faith is in that same Mark chapter 5, verse 22. There was a man... um, his name was Jairus. This is called the, Jair, the Jairus overcoming faith. And behold, the ruler of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now listen to what Jairus does. He tells Jesus the problem. He says, Lord, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Then he tells Jesus how to do it. Come lay your hands on her. So that she can be healed. And he tells Jesus what's going to happen as well. Imagine telling Jesus that. (laughs) Hey, Jay, come. I want you, Jesus. I want you to come to my house. Lay your hands on, and she's going to be healed. Man, Jesus should have said there, man, you've got a lot of faith, man. I like you. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and throbbed him. And then that issue with the woman came in. And she cut off the whole procession. And there they're standing. And the woman butts in. Typical woman. Stops everything. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but my wife's not here, so, knows, so she won't know what I'm saying. Unless she, are they, are they taping now? Maybe she's watching. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, my darling pet H angel, blonde, whatever I want to call you. I love you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> but here comes the woman, and now her little ordeal comes in with her bleeding and stuff. Now Jairus is waiting there. If it was me, I would have said, come on, woman, just get out of the way, man. My little daughter's busy dying. But the guy just overcame. Have you ever seen somebody else get healed before you? And then you think, because just after that, they stopped the whole procession again, and people said to him, don't even bother Jesus, your daughter's dead. Right? And if it wasn't for that lady that butted in and stopped the issue of blood, then Jesus might have got there before she was dead. But he overcame all the negativity and overcame all that stuff and said, he's going to come and he's going to pray for my daughter. And when he got there, what happened? He traced out all the people that were crying and wailing. and That's not how Jesus was. He said, come. She's not dead. She's what? Sleeping. Sleeping. 
But did Jesus know that she was dead just like with Lazarus? Yeah. But it never came out of his mouth. Jesus never spoke the problem. We speak the problem. That's why it said there's death and life and the power of your tongue. You can speak death. I'm not going to make it. I'm not good for nothing. The doctor says I'm going to die from a heart attack. My back's killing me. How many of you say that? <laughs> you know you can have what you say, right? I told this first service, when I, when I retire one day from evangelizing or missionary, I'm going to open a funeral home right next to a 10,000 seat church and wait for all those tr- Christians that are dying from their backs to come and be buried there. I almost died laughing, almost, but one day you're going to die laughing. Watch out what you say. Jesus never spoke negative things. He always says, she's not dead, she's sleeping. And I can hear everybody say, man, you're crazy, she's dead. Lazarus is in the tomb. How can you say that? Because he just didn't want to speak death. Don't speak death. And even if you speak life over somebody that is already dead, you can still speak life. Why? To board your own faith. And if they go, then you say, well, I've done what I could have done, and I've spoken life. I did not speak death. So when they got there, he said, Talita Toby, rise up, little girl, and she rose up. So, who was he praying for? He was praying for the father's daughter. The daughter was so sick that she was busy dying. She couldn't come so Jesus could heal her. Jesus had to go there. The father had faith for his daughter. So, you and I can have faith for our family. Right? You can have faith so your family can get saved, healed, set free, delivered. That's why some of you come out and say, I have a son up in Indiana that's on drugs. Please pray for him. And the first thing I say, okay, before I pray for him, I want to pray for you and I want to slap you because you would have, should have whipped him when he was young. <laughs> but you didn't. Now you want me to pray for him. But come on, you know what I'm saying. I'm just joking. We have the ability to use our faith for our family members, for your parents, for your brothers, for your sisters. I prayed for my dad for 25 years, or 24 years, and he, and, and he got saved on his deathbed. And I used to pray, Lord, please help save my dad. Oh, Lord, please save my dad. And in year 20, around about there, God one day said to me, Are you, do, do you know I'm not deaf? I said, no, I know, God. He said, but why do you keep on asking me? Why don't you change your prayer? I'm busy working behind the scenes with your dad. But he's a hard-necked, stiff-necked Israelite, man. He doesn't want to give his heart to me, but I'm working. You just cannot see it. Start praising me and thanking me for what you cannot see. Boy, that took the whole pressure off of me and my attitude was, thank you, Lord, my dad is saved. And I'll go and visit him, and he's just unsaved like he used to be. And I'll keep on saying, thank you, Lord, he's going to get saved. He is saved. He just doesn't know he's saved yet. And on his deathbed, I called when he was on his deathbed. I was in America. And his girlfriend picked up. Uh, my mom died many years earlier. And I said to him, man, Hansi, is my, do you know if my dad by any chance might have got saved? He said, oh, yeah, he got saved a month, two months ago. I said, how? She said, I let my little Baptist preacher come leading to the Lord. And he gave his heart to Jesus. I said, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. I said, will you do me a favor? She said, sure. I said, will you ask your little Baptist preacher to go pray for him again? <laughs> Just make sure that he's... I, I know my dad. 
just make sure, and, 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 and he did. He went, and my dad just, again, recommitted his heart. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, come on. But I believe my dad has gone to heaven. Okay, so we can pray for any situation for our family. Don't think you are not allowed to, their faith's got to heal them. Yeah, it'll help if their faith and your faith connect. But sometimes they're unsaved. They, they don't have the faith we have. So, but you can pray with your faith that they can get saved and get faith. Amen. The third way how you can use your faith. In Mark chapter 2, there was, I call this the breakthrough faith. First one is the personal faith. Second one is the Jairus overcoming faith. And the third one is the pressing in faith. They came to him bringing a paralytic was carried by four men on a bed. And when they could not come near Jesus because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And they, when they had broken through, that's why I call it the breakthrough, they let him down on a bed on which the paralytic was lying. So what did Jesus do? When Jesus saw whose faith? The four friends' faith. And, oh, okay, maybe the guy did believe, but he looked at the four guys that led him through. And he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Pharisees thought he was demonic. How can he forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus said, just to show you that I am the Son of God, and I have the power to forgive sins, but which is easier to say? Because when I die on that cross, remember, I died for all your sins, and I died for all your sicknesses. So on the cross, I died for your sins and your sicknesses. So what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or you are healed. To me, it's the same thing. That's what Jesus said. He said, take your bed up and rise and go. But Jesus also said, your sins are forgiven, and you are healed. So who did he heal? He healed the person whose friends believed for him. So you and I can use our faith for our friends. You can believe for your friends to get saved and healed and set free and delivered. But sometimes you have to push a little bit and there's got to be a breakthrough before you can get your friends to church. How many people have you invited to church from your friends? And then they promise you they'll come and they never come. Always got an excuse. My mother-in-law came to visit us. My children's got baseball. And they promise you next Sunday, next Sunday there's something else. Oh, my wife had a stomach bug. I always hate it when they do that. Oh, my child had a stomach bug. Next day they're running around like nothing. If you have a stomach bug, you don't just have it for one afternoon. Don't lie. What do you do? So how do you get your friends to church? Listen, I have I hold revivals, many of them, and when people invite people to come to services and revivals, people get saved. Amen. Why? Not because of the preacher, because of the word that is spoken, the word that is preached. I see it all over the place. So these people prayed the f- you can pray for your friend. Those four guys prayed for their friend to get healed. But they had to break through the roof because it was difficult to get him to Jesus. Sometimes you've got to tell your friends, not come to church. You've got to say, hey, I'll tell you what. Can I pick you up Sunday morning? 
Even if you have to leave your wife and your children at home, go, go pick up those people and bring them to church. It'll be good if your wife and children are with. Drive with two cars, but go get your friends and bring them. Break through that barrier so that they can get to church. Because this is where God can touch them. This is where there's a corporate faith, a strong, powerful corporate faith, and praise and worship, and there's power in it, man. And people can get set free. But you can also pray for them even if you can't get them to church. But break through somewhere with them. Talk to them about Jesus. Witness to them about Jesus, okay? Don't just tell them about God. Tell them what God has done for you. How God's healed you. How God set you free. And, man, sometimes I look at you and think, are you, are you serious? Did God really do that? My, my wife's got a hairdresser that she goes to that doesn't believe in God. And slowly, slowly, all Jeanette's doing is just, and they become friends now, just slowly telling how God's doing this. and how No scripture, no pushing, just breaking through that barrier. And one day she's going to say, can I go with you guys or where are you ministering? I'm going to see what's going to happen. Okay, so break through and get you, but we have the power to pray for ourselves and have faith for ourselves, for our family members, and for our friends. Amen? Amen. Number three, who else? Or number four, sorry. Matthew chapter five. There was a centurion. He said, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Now, just before we go on, I went and studied this out. This centurion was like a CEO. He had all workers under him. He was the head of the business. And all the servants and people working for him, they had many servants, 1,000, 2,000 servants. They didn't even sometimes know their names. They just knew about them. And sometimes they didn't even know who they were. And somebody must have told the centurion, one of the servants was sick, very sick, tormented. So this centurion decided he was going to go to Jesus and tell Jesus the story again. He told Jesus, Lord, my servant is lying sick. And will you come? Just go one back again. He said, he would tell, told Jesus what was going on. He told Jesus what the problem was. He was um, paralyzed dreadfully. And now when mm, I got home paralyzed dreadfully, tormented. And what did, what did Jesus say to him? Okay, I'll come and heal him. But then the man turns around and he says, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. I'm not worthy that you should come into my roof. But you just speak a word. Remember I said this now. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. You can just speak a word and my servant will be healed. Whew. Now who's this for? If I have faith for myself, I can have faith for my family, I can have faith for my friends. These are people that you might work with. That's in another office. And sometimes when you guys eat, you see each other, you don't even greet each other. Or it's your sister's neighbor up in Indiana. Sometimes people come out and say to me, Brother Hansi, my sister called this morning knowing I'm coming to church and she asked if the church would pray for her neighbor that's got breast cancer. We don't know that lady. We don't even know one of your guys' sister. We just know each other, but we don't know your sister or the lady with breast cancer. Can we pray for them? Can we have faith for them? Yep. Just like this guy had faith for somebody that worked in his business, but he didn't even know who he was. But you can have faith. 
But you've got to have the same faith that you have for yourself. Because faith doesn't come in levels. Faith is faith. And he said, Lord, if you just speak a word. So that's why when we hear, we can just speak a word into Indiana. In the spiritual realm. Because the Holy Spirit is going to heal her there. We were in Fort Worth, the Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, little revival. And people came out, there was about 60 people that wanted prayer. I said, come stand here, everybody. And before I just wanted to pray, the phone rings, one of the guys. I thought, come on, man. Could have put that thing on silent. Thank heavens he didn't. He picked up, in the, I quickly said, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, well, well. Brother Hansen, my brother, my niece is a pom-pom girl. And that's Friday night, they just finished practicing with a football team. And, they, and she undressed and she ran over the road to buy a Coke or something. And a car hit her. Cracked her pelvis, broke her back. The doctor, after everything, she's, she's going to be paralyzed. He's going to do a surgery tomorrow morning, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. But just to help her a little bit, but she'll be paralyzed. She, she won't be able to walk again. So, I don't know her. I don't even know his brother. I hardly know him. So, I said, right, church, agree with me. I'll pray. You ask me to pray. I'll pray. Not my prayer. It's the Holy Spirit helping, but we are going to agree. So, we prayed. Asked Lord to heal her. Accepted God was going to heal her. Bound that spirit of crippleness. Bound that spirit of death. Thank you, Lord, that you are the healer. And we thank you for the miracle. That's it. Prayed. Left the, left the evening. Next morning, 8 o'clock, I get a phone call. Brother Hansi, you will not believe this. You see how we speak. So why do we pray then if you don't believe it? You should be saying, Brother Hansi, our faith worked. You better believe this, baby. He said the doctor came in asked for another set of MRIs or x-rays because he was going to try and fix something, not that she could walk, but that she will have more comfort. So they took her, did the MRIs and the x-rays, whatever they did, I can't remember, and they actually sent me on my phone the two images, the one where the bones were cracked and the other one where there's nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing. So that the doctor called them back and said, hey, you guys brought me the wrong images because this is somebody that that doesn't... They said, no, that's the lady. So he went back and spoke to her. Can you you move your feet? She said, yeah. He said, but why didn't you tell me last night? She said, you didn't ask me. (laughs) And he said to her, can you move your legs? And she moved her legs and said, get up. And she got up and said... Walk around. She walked, and she went home 10 o'clock at morning. Yeah. Listen to me, church. We have got so much power in our mouths. If you can believe. And does God always do that? No. Because those people, I believe, also got to believe with you. All right? and but there's so much power. We just need two people that can agree. That's all. But what, what if, a big, if a church gets together and prays like that and trusts God that this church is going to explode, which they are going to explode, 
in, in, in revival. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can see it. Every time I come here, it's just, it's just like escalating, escalating. So you better make ready for that. If you're not, you're going to come down with a big bang. You're going to wake up and say, oh, where am I? Am I, am I part of this church? Yeah, you better... It's going to happen, but you've got to believe and agree with it. Okay, so why am I going off, 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 off track now? So we can pray for ourselves, for our family members, for our friends, and for people we don't even know. We can just speak the word, right? She wasn't there. So sometimes we can just pray for people through the airways, for ourselves and for our family and for our friends and people we don't know. We can just speak the word as well. Number five, Luke chapter 17. There were ten lepers that met him, who stood afar off. Why? Because they couldn't come close to him. They weren't allowed to get closer than 300 feet. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Basically telling him, please have mercy on us, heal us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go. Go and show yourself to the priests. <laughs> Why should I go show myself to the priests, Lord? Look at me. I've got leprosy. Heal me. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. What do I show? That, that I've got leprosy? Because they weren't healed yet, right? On their way, they got healed. And that's what happens to many of you and I. We come out for prayer, for deliverance, for anger, for bitterness, for your finances, for your marriage, for sickness. And we pray with you. And when you walk away, you still feel the same. You still feel angry. You still feel sick. Your wife's still sitting there, angry with you. You expect everything to, wow, just like this, be, be gone away. Now, that can happen. That's a miracle. But there are healings. When you go to the doctor with flu or COVID, the doctor says, okay, you have some antibiotics and steroids. It'll take you two weeks. What do you say? You must be crazy. I want to be healed now. You're a stupid doctor. <laughs> Heal me from this COVID now. When I walk out here, I want no more COVID. He's going to say, find another doctor. Do you do that? Come on, say yes or no. No, you don't do that. You take the stupid antibiotics and the steroid. And for two weeks, you believe you're going to be healed or two weeks. And two weeks later, you are healed, right? Now, if you had not taken the steroids or the antibiotics, you also would have been healed in 14 days. <laughs> but you don't tell the doctor he's got to heal you immediately. You believe what he gives you, and you believe the medicine that he gives you. And in two weeks' time... You, then you feel better. But when it comes to God's stuff, and we pray for you, and you don't get immediately healed, then you say God doesn't heal, or the preacher's not anointed, and then you're mad. Why don't you take some medicine from the Lord? Why don't you get these gospels into you? Huh? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I will not die... I will live and declare the works of the Lord. Thank you, Father, that you sent your word and healed all my diseases. There's three gospels I've just taken. And I take them three times a day. Sometimes more. 
I cannot overdose from those things. And then wait. Wait. So God can hear you. Why? Because there is a word like wait in the Bible. You sure about that? You know about that, hey? That there's a word like wait on the Lord, wait for me. Don't listen to what the doctors say. Listen to what Jesus says. Some of us go to book 67 as well. You know, we have 67 books in the Bible, right? The last book is the book of Revelation 66. There is a 67th book as well. You don't know that book? Book of my opinions. (laughs) And most of you read that book more than anything else. Well, I know God says I should do this, but my opinion about it is. Or the doctor says, or Dr. Ford says, or Dr. Oz says, or whatever they say might be good, but my faith is going to be in this book. And then I can add that with and say, okay, God, this is what they're saying. Are you wanting me to use that or not? But stop listening to people and stop doing what God tells you to do. My finances aren't working. Well, take the gospel of why your finances are not working. Pay your tithes and see what happens to your finances. Okay. So, start as doing what, that's the group faith. Ten of them went together. Only one guy came back, unfortunately. All ten got healed. Only one guy got, came back and thanked God. Isn't that incredible? So a tenth, and for, according to statistics, a tenth of the church. If there's ten people in church, only one will say, thank you, Jesus. No, I think we should all start thanking God for what he's given us. As a church, you better start thanking God for your praise team, for the pastor you have, for the group that is running the church that God's put there, for the building you got, for the building you're going to get, for the revival that's coming, for the healings, for the miracles in your own life, in your family's life, in your friends and people you don't know. And as a church, start praying together as a group. And putting your face together. Because those ten guys, when they left there, must have said to each other, we don't look healed. And I can hear one guy saying, well, let's just do what Jesus said. Because I heard if he says something and you do it, it's going to happen. So they must have somewhere agreed, the ten of them. And thank heavens, all ten of them got, got healed. As a church, we can get together as a group and pray for each other personally, our friends, our family members, people we don't know, people we work with, other people out there. Speak the word and pray for your church. Amen. Last way how you can use your faith is in, is in Luke chapter 18. He was walking and there was a man sitting next to the road. He was blind. And everybody knows that a blind man cannot see, right? <laughs> they, 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 they're blind. And, then, and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, sometimes we have got to, if we cannot see no results, we don't know what's going on, we are blinded, we have no clue what's going to happen. That's basically the best position to be in, where you cannot see. Because when you start seeing, you start fearing and doubting and wondering, and let me step back. But when you cannot see, you have to put your faith in God. 
And that's when you start crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, I need you to intervene. Lord, please, I need you to touch my family. I need you to touch me. I need you to change our church. Whatever you're praying for, you've got to call out at Jesus. But don't look at the circumstances. This guy couldn't look at the circumstances because he was blind. And I call this the blind faith that you and I got to start applying. And those who went before the, uh, the, Jesus told the blind man to be quiet. Isn't that incredible? They went ahead of Jesus and told the blind man to be quiet. If you go ahead of God, you always mess up. Stay with Jesus. And but Jesus, he cried more. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to brought with him because he kept on shouting, kept on crying out. And you keep on asking God. You keep on calling upon the name of the Lord. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, will be healed, will be set free, will be delivered. You don't stop. You never give up until God shows up. Because remember, there's a fight in the spiritual realm to kill you. I've said this so many times. If you don't realize that there is an assignment against you from Satan to wipe you out, steal, kill, and destroy you, then there's something wrong with your spiritual life. But you're all going through stuff, so you know that. But greater is he that's in us than he's in the world. And my God is stronger, and my faith will overcome the world if we can just believe. And ha start having faith like a child. Just believe God that he will do it. I had to do that with a, with a cancer. If I had looked at w what they told me and what had happened, I could have easily have got discouraged. But I had to look at what God had told me to do and close my eyes and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you and nobody else. Okay? And that's what you have to do. You have to believe until God shows up. Amen? Give the Lord a clap this morning. Come stand with me quickly. If you're not saved, if you're not healed, Pastor is going to ask you to come out this now. Please come out. Have that attitude. Today, I'm going, to, I'm going to get it. Whatever you need. Put your hands up like this. Look at me and say with me. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus. I have faith in God. I'm going to walk by faith. Not by sight. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to overcome the world by my faith. I resist you, Satan, steadfast by faith. I'm going to pray for myself, have faith for myself, for my family, for my friends, for people I don't know, for my church. And I'm not going to look at circumstances. I'm going to have blind faith, like a child, that you are my God, you are my healer, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. And I give you praise, God. Give him a clap. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.